Amen. Well, we are in week three of a series on Romans. As I said, we are walking verse by verse through Romans chapter eight. We could spend, I, I know of a pastor that spent all year on the book of Romans. <laughs> and um, so I would lose interest, y'all. I got to be honest. After about four weeks of a series, I'm like, something new, let's move on. And uh, so I want to I wanna bring you to your, uh, chapter, chapter 8, verse 17 through 30 today, if you want to turn to your Bibles or open your devices there. And um, it's a challenging area. We're going to be talking on the topic of suffering today. Now, if you're online, don't click off. Don't click over to Joel today. Stay right here with me. <laughs> I love Pastor Joel. He's a friend. Um, and, uh, but stay right here. We're going to be, I think this will help you and maybe give you a perspective on it that you've never seen. And, um, and I believe that it, if, if you're in a place of pain and suffering today, I think, I, I, I'll just tell you this, I felt the burden that you're carrying and I'm praying God will use it today in your life in a great way. Um, the other day, I, I got the privilege of taking Abigail to the dentist. Um, that's my five-year-old little girl. And Tammy had a few things going on. And so she's like, you're going to have to take her to get this procedure. Well, the procedure was going to require shots in the gum. Yeah. And uh, she's five. And so we're on the way to the dentist and she got to skip school that day. So she was pretty excited about that. And, uh, and she had been to the dentist before because they had done this same procedure in a diff on a different side of her mouth. And so they were doing the other side. And so she knew what was coming. And so it was my job to pump her up to get her in the door. Come on, somebody, y'all with me? So that she could go through the pain she had already been through before. And so I was spending the whole time like, it's going to be okay. You're a champ. It's not going to hurt that bad. Like I was, uh, you know, so I spent the whole car ride lying to her. Come on, how do you know I'm telling the truth? I spent the whole car, car ride lying to her, um, trying my best not to lie, but like, in, you know, let's put it in church terms. I was trying to encourage her <laughs> and make her feel better about the situation that was about to not be so comfortable. Anybody following me? Is this not what we do as Christians? Like somebody will be going through pain or they're going through suffering or they're going through a hard time and it could be emotional toll, it could be mental toll, it could be physical toll, it could be false accusations made, it could be um, broken relationships. I mean, it could be a number of things. Pain just doesn't come from maybe we think a diagnosis and I, I think maybe we go to that sometimes or, but it could be just the emotional weight of life. It could be just the last two years. It could be the, the tension in the marriage. It could be someone saying something about you and it's not true and, and they decided to post about, or, uh, hello, I know y'all never had that happen to you. And so, and, and so you begin to deal with pain and you begin to deal with suffering. And as Christians, we have a go-to verse and it's in Romans chapter eight. And I wanna take you to it, all right? And if you're, you're new to church, all, the Christians, this is where they go. All right, are y'all with me? I bet you can guess it, it's Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And everybody said a big amen. amen. What about when that doesn't fix it? What about when I can't see God working all things together for my good? What about when they got sick and they died anyways? What about when they covenanted forever but they didn't stay forever. Is God working all things for my good then? What about when I got the diagnosis and I can't see the silver lining? Does God work all things together for good then? Some of you, I just broke 
the scripture for you. <laughs> I just broke your go-to. I, I wanna talk real with you today about what do you do when you're dealing with pain and suffering? Where do you find hope in the middle of what can be hopelessness? What do you do when you can't see the light at the end? What do you do when it doesn't seem like there's gonna be a better tomorrow? What do you do when it doesn't feel good to say his mercies are new every morning, great is his faith. There's joy in the house of the Lord and you don't have Taylor and his beautiful hair. <laughs> the lovely locks of worship, that's what I'm gonna call them. So what do you, come on somebody, what do you do when you don't have that? And so I wanna give you the context of that verse because context is always king. And then hopefully I wanna give you some hope today. If you're with me, say amen. amen. In Romans chapter, we're gonna start at 17 where we left off last week, but I'm gonna go from 18 to 30. It says, now if we are children, man, that, that packs so much more punch, doesn't it? After you heard last week, if you miss it, you need to go back and listen to it about what it means that we're adopted. Then we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And here now, this is verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but the, by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage. I need you to understand that, that creation is in bondage to frustration. Itself will be liberated from the bondage to the decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit. In other words, those of us who have accepted Jesus and we have the first fruits, the Holy Spirit lives within us. We learned about that last week. We groan inwardly because we're in this tension of already, but not yet. We have this promise of hope, but we live in the reality of pain and of suffering and of, of challenging situations. So we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons. He's not saying that we're waiting to be adopted. We're waiting for the fulfillment of all those things. Are y'all with me? The redemption of our bodies. And he says, for in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? And so we have a hope for something that we haven't yet fully possessed. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait, somebody shout wait, for it patiently. Two words we love, wait and patiently. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. So we have help while we're hoping. So the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know, oh, there it is, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It looks good on a mug by itself. It'd be hard to fit all that on a mug. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, praise God, he also 
glorified. Now there's a whole lot in that verse. Come on, let's thank God for his word. All right, very quickly, I wanna give you three misconceptions that Christians believe about suffering. Then I wanna give you four things that we can find hope in. If you're with me, say amen. Number one is this, and I'm gonna move quickly through these. Number one is this, is I can somehow avoid it. Number one misconception that Christian believes is that somehow I can avoid it. For some reason, we have formulated this idea in our minds that we can somehow live a life void of pain. That we can somehow, that, 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 and I think we've taken it a step further to somehow create in our thinking that, that if we are walking with God, then life will somehow be pain-free. And that if we do all the right things and check all the right boxes, that somehow we can avoid pain and we can avoid some kind of suffering in our life. But Paul seems to give us a different idea in Romans chapter eight. And I'm just gonna highlight in verse 18, he says that this present suffering, that we're in a present suffering. He says in verse 23 that we groan under these sufferings. He says that all of creation, which we are a part of, is subjected to futility and is in bondage to corruption. So you're like, this is a really encouraging word, Pastor. I wanna encourage you that it is in bondage. To, are y'all with me? Some of us think that we can somehow float above what all of creation is walking through. We are in the world, but we are not of the world, but we also are in the world. And so some of us have in our mind, and this is why we get so frustrated. This is why suffering is one of the number one reasons people walk away from their faith is because they have somehow compartmentalized in their mind that the universe is, is pulling them into a, that there is a force that is pulling them into a world where they win. And we win in the end, but I cannot guarantee you win in the now. I can guarantee you he will be with you. I can guarantee you he's working all things for your good. I can guarantee you he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can guarantee you that his faithfulness is proven. I continue that his mercies are new every morning. I can guarantee you that he's working all things. I, I can guarantee you a lot of things, but I cannot guarantee you that it all wins. And so some of us, we get very frustrated in our faith when we think that if we do all the right things that it's all gonna work out for us. And then again, I would have to question, well, what is the motive of your service? What is the motive of your generosity? What is the motive of your Bible reading? What is the motive of your prayer? Is it to get God? Is it, is, is it really, those are just actions that are stroking the genie bottle to get the genie to perform on your behalf. Well, if I rub enough Bible reading, I rub enough with prayer and I rub enough with worship, then maybe the genie of God will do the things that I wanna do. And I just need you to know it's a misconception. You can't live through this life and avoid pain. You can't live this life and avoid suffering. It is the reality of the human condition. It is the result of sin in the world. Are you with me? Sin broke things. And because of that, we live in a fallen world where fallen people break promises. We live in a fallen world where fallen people speak poorly of others. We live in a fallen world where fallen people hurt other people and injure, and we live in a fallen world where disease and famine and war is now a part of our reality because sin created this fallen world that Jesus came to redeem. 
And it is in fact, listen to me, it is in fact in bondage to it. It cannot get out of it. Are y'all with me? We're gonna get encouraging in a minute. I just, I need to debunk some of these things. Number two is that a myth is this, is that suffering is a sign you are in sin. Christians say some of the dumbest things. Are y'all with me? If you're a non-believer and you're in the room, you picked a great Sunday to be here. I'm just, I'm going at Christians today. So you can just be like, yeah, they do. They say the dumbest things. We're glad you're here. Have, have you ever, and sometimes, sometimes they're, they're dumb enough to say it to somebody's face that's going through suffering, but sometimes just in conversation off to the side and someone's going through suffering and pain and it seems like one thing after another thing after another thing. And, and I've heard people say this before and I wanna you know, backhand them. Like, you gotta wonder like what's going on in their life. Now, is there a moment? Yes, Jonah would be an example where God was using pain in his life to redirect him back to God? Are there moments where God allows you to get flat on your back so that you look up and go, okay, I'll course correct. But yeah, there are those moments, but I think the majority and even what Paul is talking about in this text is not that, it's more the Job thing. It's more, here was a man that was righteous above all people, yet he went through some suffering in his life. Are you with me? Now, now we get to read the story of Job and see the inside and the behind the scenes, but Job didn't know all that. All he knew is he lost everything and his wife wanted him to curse God and die. And so it's not always that someone is in sin, but people would say things like, well, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. No, not always. There may be fire, it may be them on fire. Their life is burning up. Are you following me? So don't say dumb things. Can I, can I pastorally encourage you? Don't say stupid things to people when they're in the middle of suffering. They're in the middle of pain. Are you with me? The best things that Job's friends did for him is they sat with him in silence. They messed up when they opened their mouth. All right, come on, are y'all with me? Like sometimes the best thing we can do is just sit silently with somebody when they're hurt. Are are y'all following me? All right, number three myth is I will always see a happy ending. And when we say this with good intentions, like what's all gonna work out in the end? No, sometimes they die and we prayed and fasted. Can we talk real for a minute? Sometimes the marriage didn't get restored. Sometimes you don't see the happy ending now. Sometimes it doesn't all make sense right now in the moment. Paul Paul seems to, in, in chapter eight, this passage we read, he seems to give us this idea that that we may not know the happy ending right now. He says the glory that is going to be revealed, like somewhere out, out, are y'all following me? Like maybe in eternity is the idea. Maybe we don't see it until we get on the other side of eternity and we get the big picture of heaven. There may be things, I just, I don't, I don't wanna lie to you. I want you, I wanna give you a reality that some things you may not understand why you are still on this planet but God is still good, even in the middle of it. Are you following me? He said in verse 24 and 25, he said, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen. So I may not see the happy ending is no hope at all. 
who hopes for what they already have. I don't have to hope for what I have. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So I'm not saying there isn't a purpose in what you're walking through. I'm just saying you may not always see the happy ending right now. I'm just saying that you may not understand it right now. That faith is when I go, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you in the middle of it. I don't see the happy ending right now, but my faith says, I know your character and I know that I don't need to understand for you to still be good and for you to still be God in my situation. Are y'all with me today? And so where do I find hope? Let me give you four things in 11 minutes, dear Jesus. I have hope that I'll do that. (laughs) Number one is this, right fast. I have hope, number one, that my body will be redeemed. This, I'm talking about your physical body. This is good news for all of us over 45. (laughs) I was just talking with someone this morning about the different pairs of glasses you have to wear now, the night driving glasses, the reading glasses. (laughs) Some of you are like, that's child's play. He says, not only so, this is in verse 23. He says, not only so, but, our, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, those who've accepted Jesus, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonships, the redemption of our bodies. Paul is talking about our physical bodies. Here's what I have hope in, is that in this life, I have suffering. I feel things. I have, I have emotional pain, physical pain. I have, I have, there's sickness, there's disease, there's abandonment, there's 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 relational pain, there's all these kind of things, that, but, I, but I can have hope in this is that one day my body is gonna be redeemed and there will be no more tears and there will be no more sickness and there will be no more pain and there will be no more loss, but I will see Jesus face to face and in that moment, that who he justified will be glorified. In other words, I will have a brand new body that will be 25 years old, that will be strong with a six, come on somebody. No gray hair, no eyes getting weak, no aches when I wake up, no allergies. Come on, somebody right now. No Claritin D needed to get my body going for the day. I have hope that my physical body will be redeemed, that no matter the pain that I'm walking through in this life, that my physical body, I have hope that this body is going to be redeemed. That though it be decaying day by day, that this body will be redeemed and forever be in the presence of the Lord. I can have hope in that. I'm not trying to give you just empty statements, but I'm wanting to give you a, a solid hope to build your life upon. What is hope? It's not hope if you see it. So I haven't seen a redeemed body yet, but there is coming a day that the trumpet will sound Maybe we need more of that preaching. There is a day that the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And those who remain, who know Jesus, not the whole earth, we're not all children of God you learned last week. But those who remain, who have placed their faith in Jesus will be called up together. Shall we forever be with the Lord? And there is coming a day, this is good news, where his second coming, where he will return and put his foot back on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And not only will my body be redeemed, but all of earth will be redeemed. The Bible says all of creation is groaning. Let me tell you what that means. That's why there's hurricanes and that's why there's earthquakes because even the globe is groaning 
waiting for the redemption to go back to the state of the Garden of Eden. And that day is coming. And so I have hope in that, not in who's in office, not what is happening with the economy, not how much I have to pay at the pump. I have hope that Jesus is coming back and my body will be redeemed. Number two, I have hope that the spirit is praying for me. Paul said in Romans Verse 26, he said, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. When we don't even know what to say, the spirit is praying for us. And it goes on to say, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit. So not only is the spirit praying with emotion, shows you the compassion of God, but he's praying with wisdom because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Even when you don't know how to pray what the will of God is in your life, the spirit is interceding on your behalf, praying in accordance with the will of God. He is praying perfect wisdom right now over my situation. No matter what pain I'm facing right now, no matter what issue that is plaguing my mind, no matter the thing that causes my heart to race when I wake up in the middle of the night, I can know at two in the morning, the spirit is interceding for me right now. I have hope in this that the spirit is praying for me. I want you to know, listen to me, church, the spirit is praying for you. You can have hope in that today, that in your darkest moment, when you don't even have the words to form, when, when the tears overwhelm you that you can't get words out, you take hope. The spirit is praying for me right now. The Spirit of God knows my name, knows my situation, and knows the will of God that is perfect for me and is praying for me right now. You don't need your pastor to pray when the Spirit is praying. You don't need to wait for the prayer team. The Spirit is praying. You don't have to wait till you get to small group. The Spirit is praying for you. And we take hope in that today. Is this helping anybody? Number three, I have hope in this that God is working. Now we get to the verse that we all like, and we know that in all things, not in some things, God works for the good. Notice it doesn't say God works it all out in the end. Notice it doesn't say God creates a silver lining in the middle of your darkness. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that God will make it all make sense before you enter eternity. No, he just says he's working all things for the good. And it's his definition of good, not your definition of good. Because your definition of good may have been a different story than the story he's writing with your life. He's working it for good. To who? He's working it to good for those who love him. He doesn't say he's working it for, to good for those who don't love him, for those who love him and who else who've been called according to his purpose. It's those who've said yes to Jesus, that's, he's working it. And what, what does he get? He gives us the assurance that he's gonna finish it because for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So what is he working for your good? Your conformity to the image of his son. So you know what that means? 
that if I have to walk through a fire to look more like Jesus, He may let me walk through it. Not alone. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. But he's more committed to my conformity to his image than he is to my comfort. And he says that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's all of us, we're the brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, in other words, he's gonna get the job done. He's gonna get you to the place where you're standing face to face with your savior. So here's what I wanna say to you. Don't you dare give the final verdict on your situation before God's done. Don't you dare give the final verdict on your situation before God is done. Which means you may have to wait patiently for the glory that will be revealed. It's gonna happen. But it may not happen today. And you may not get on this side of eternity the why or the benefit of what you had to walk through. But one day you will. You may get it on this side. but you may not fully. Many of you have heard me share the story of my dad. Um, He went to be with Jesus uh, six years ago and he passed with Alzheimer's and uh, The one thing he never lost was the word of God. He had so hidden the word of God in his heart that his mind was as sharp as anything when it came to scripture. But he couldn't remember what he ate for breakfast, but he could quote you verses. But when I was in seventh grade, he got sick with a rare neurological disease that It took us forever to diagnose and in year seven, God ended up healing him and it's a beautiful story, but it was seven years of pain. Seven years of um, loss and grief and confusion and where is God? And we checked all the boxes. He served God, he pastored, he loved people well, he was generous, he was an evangelist, he cared for the poor. And, uh, and now he knows. And I could write a book and maybe I should one day about how his suffering shaped me and how 
His suffering shaped how I serve people. But there's still questions I don't understand. But now he knows. And one day I'll know. But I still don't know. But what I do know is that one day my body will be redeemed. And I do know now my dad's body is currently redeemed. And I do know that the Spirit is interceding for me right now. And I do know that God is always working. And if God is always working, there is still a chance. And if God is always working, there is still hope. And if God is always working, who am I to declare the final verdict on a situation that God is not done with? And I would say to you, who are you to declare a final verdict on a situation? Because if God is not done, you are not done. And if you are not dead, God is not done. He is still working. And so even in the middle of pain, you can have hope. And you can know that our God does work all things for good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna offer two opportunities of response today. Number one is if you're here and you're in the middle of pain and walking through some suffering in your own life, and you would just say, this word is for me. I needed this today. Pastor, will you pray for me? Ask every campus pastor to come up on their platforms at their locations. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up high in the air and just keep it up? Just keep it up. Every location, keep it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know every story, you know every situation, And God, we thank you today that in every circumstance there is hope. And may this word get planted deeply. May the spirit of God bring encouragement through it. And may the sustaining hand of God uphold every individual with strength, with strength that only comes from you every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and and you've never known this, that the greatest suffering that ever happened was the suffering that Jesus went through so that you could be offered the forgiveness of sin. That he hung on a cross, that he took a crown of thorns in his brow, that He was beaten beyond recognition. That he bore the suffering of your sin so that you wouldn't have to bear your own sin. And today I wanna give you the opportunity to respond to his grace and his goodness. To exchange your sin for his forgiveness. I'm not asking you to join a church or asking you to Sign up for a religion. I'm inviting you into a relationship with Jesus to know him personally as your Lord and as your Savior, as your friend. And so at every location, if that's you, and you'd say, Pastor, today I need a brand new start with Jesus. 
I wanna know that my sins are forgiven. I wanna know that I have peace with God. In just a moment, we're gonna pray, but before we do that, I'm gonna count to three. I just want you to shoot your hand up so myself or your campus pastor can see who we're praying with today. But you'd say, that's me, I need that. I need a new beginning. If that's you on three, this is your moment. You just shoot your hand up high enough, long enough for us to see. No one else looking around on three. One, two, three, you just shoot it up high. God bless you. God bless you, I see you. You can put them down at every location. Church, let's pray this out loud together for the benefit of those who just slipped their hands up. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. Thank you for suffering for me so I could be free. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for what he did today. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.